Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of my first look episodes, the fifth time in very quick succession that I'm saying that. And we are first looking the Investigator starter decks. When I heard about these decks being announced, I was pretty sure there was no way I was going to first look them. I just figured that... It was too many cards, it was like a cycle's worth of cards in one go, and they're all the same faction, particularly when I found out that each investigator could only take their own faction and all the cards were the same colour. I just thought, what is the point? It will be an overload, it'll get tedious. And I've actually really enjoyed doing this, it's been really fun. To me it confirms what I love about buying packs of cards, which is the delight of opening them, the excitement, the surprises, all of that sort of thing. I really hope you've enjoyed that too. I know that not all of my takes are the most exciting or bleeding edge takes, but I'm still just trying to share the things that leap out to me and my thoughts about where these cards fit in or just even the growing sense of how an investigator might play. You know already the biases I have, that I play more solo than multiplayer, all of that sort of thing, you know, which sort of cards I think are efficient or not. You know that, so that gives you a bit of insight into what's going to get me excited and what's not. And hopefully it's been an enjoyable experience for you as a listener too. Gives you a chance to mull over some of the cards and get excited as well. Well, we've got our magic determining device now to choose who we're going to pick. So if we roll a one, we'll do Harvey Walters, a two, Harvey Walters, three, Harvey Walters, four, Harvey Walters, five Harvey Walters, or six Harvey Halters. Let's see what we roll. It's a five, Harvey Walters. I don't know what we'd have done if I rolled a six. So we're doing the final investigator deck. We've saved Seeker till last, completely by chance. We're going to dive in and check this guy out. As I've said on each episode, this isn't an investigator-specific episode. It's an investigator starter deck first look, so I won't be going into loads of detail about how the investigator plays, because I haven't played them yet but we'll take a look anyway. Harvey is the Professor. Four willpower, five intellect, one combat, two agility. He's basically Norman with his combat and agility switched. Miskatonic traded. After an investigator at your location draws one or more cards from their deck during the investigation phase, that investigator draws one card. Limit once per round. Elder sign effect plus one, draw one card. I have experience dealing with these sorts of horrors. 7 health, 8 sanity. The thing that really leaps out to me there is draw. When an investigator draws one or more cards from their deck during their turn, you can make them draw another one. So if I play a cryptic research on someone else, they draw 3 cards and I can make them draw 4. And that Elder Sign effect, a nice plus 1, that's reasonable enough, but also just a a draw 1 card. Not you may, you just do. You draw cards. So I guess what we really want to see with Harvey is, first of all, what cards does he have that allow him to draw in his deck? Because he's going to make them slightly better. It's a little bit like Nathaniel making fight events slightly more potent. But then also, what's he going to do with all those drawn cards? We saw in the Dream Eaters, the Dream Diary, um, particularly Diary of the Child. Is that the 10 cards in hand? I think so which, uh, eight cards in hand rather, for plus two. We saw as well the power of the Dream Enhancing Serum that you can hold lots of cards in hand. We saw extensive research that goes down in cost for more cards in hand. So there's options there. And we've seen a couple of the cards announced for Harvey also care about drawing cards. So let's see how they turn out. His deck building, 30 card uh, deck size. 
Seeker 0 to 5, Neutral 0 to 5, Vault of Knowledge, Thrice Damned Curiosity, and one random basic. And that's it. The Vault of Knowledge, we saw this card announced. It's a three cost asset, willpower, agility, and wild icons. It's Harvey's deck only. Max hand side increased by two to 10. After you successfully investigate, exhaust Vault of Knowledge and choose an investigator at your location. That investigator draws one card. Then you use Harvey's ability and we all drink and you draw two cards. So once you have this down in play, once a turn when you successfully investigate, you wind up drawing two cards as well, which is amazing compression. In multiplayer, you can give out that draw to other people. So you don't need a cryptic research. You can just use the Vault of Knowledge ability and your ability as Harvey to feed cards to people. Super nice. I think that's really good. I love the passive of the bigger hand. And then I like the idea of handing out cards to other people if I'm playing multiplayer. It also is that thing of do what you're good at, which is investigating, and you'll also get cards. Very nice. Thrice Damned Curiosity. I love the art on this. I love when you see investigators in a different light. It's a little bit like On the Lamb for Skids, where he's suddenly all hunched over, his face is really darkened. This is similar. Harvey looking really kind of grim, clenching one fist, looking at some weird thing. It's a treachery, it's a weakness, it's a flaw. Flavour is, I can only hope that my account will not arouse a curiosity greater than sane caution on the part of those who believe me at all. Exactly. You get too curious in the mythos and the mythos bites you. Revelation, for every three cards in your hand, take one damage. Ooh. Here I was saying how fun it will be to see how many cards he can draw. With Vault of Knowledge down, he already has a hand size of 10, and if you're at that hand size, you take 3 damage from your weakness. You're definitely seeing it because you're drawing so hard. So the trick is kind of to draw it early and only take a single damage. Thank goodness he has 7 health and 8 sanity, because if he was a 5 health daisy, this could wipe you out really quickly. You'd need 15 cards to take 5 damage, but I could see this giving you 3 damage, no problem. And that's scary. What's his basic weakness? Obsessive. It's a flaw, it's a treachery. Put it into play in your threat area. When your turn begins, discard one non-weakness card at random from your hand. Double action, discard obsessive. I think the basic weakness design they've done in these has been fantastic. It's going to be really interesting to see these basic weaknesses turning up in other investigators. Drink. But for how they match and mirror the investigator's ability and really make you think about it, that's great. Obsessive combined with Thrice Dam Curiosity, kind of a non-bow, which is nice. Obsessive keeps milling your hand, and Thrice Dam Curiosity punishes you for having a big hand, so you kind of don't mind both of them around. I like as well that Thrice Dam Curiosity is a little bit like Shell Shock. It's a one and done. If you can draw it early and it doesn't have much of an impact, great. If you're not careful, it jumps you when you have loads of cards and punishes you. Obsessive, you just need the time to get rid of it. And ideally, you draw it in your turn and you still have spare actions to clear it. Right, first card, Arcane Enlightenment. It's glorious to see it up close. I saw this when it was announced, but now having it in the hand is amazing. Two-cost asset, double willpower icon. Your maximum hand size is increased by one. Takes up the Arcane slot, and you have one additional hand slot, which can only be used to hold a Tome asset. So you're trading an Arcane slot for hand size and a hand slot. Confusingly, a hand slot and a hand size actually aren't related to each other. They just both use the word hand. But there we go. An augmented mind can memorize entire volumes of books. Love it. So for two, you could play both Arcane Enlightenments, no longer have any Arcane slots, but you then have a hand size of 10. With Vault of Knowledge, you have a hand size of 12. 
which is a third of your deck, over a third. And you also get this additional hand slot, which can only be used to hold Tome assets. We'll see. It's interesting that we've gone straight to an Arcane slot here. We'll see if there are any hand-slotted items in this deck. But we know Seeker, in, in general, is now quite competitive for hand slots. Fingerprint kit, camera, magnifying glass, a lot of different tomes now. You know, Dream Diary, Old Book of Law, uh, Otherworld Codex, if you're running that. Occult Lexicon likes to stick around as well. All of uh, these last few are tomes. So having an extra slot for tomes is pretty nice. It's a two of. Then we've got the uh, Celino fragments. I think it's Celino and not Kelino, but I could be wrong. This is unique and it's a subtitled Book of Books. One cost asset, intellect icon, item and tome traded. While you have five or more cards in hand, get plus one intellect. Ten or more cards in hand, get plus one willpower. Fifteen or more cards in hand, get plus one intellect. Takes up a hand slot. This is another one we saw announced. Nice to see this early so we get the excitement later. I think you've always got the first plus one on if you're playing Harvey. Probably you can get the plus one willpower as well. So then you're a five, six, one, two. And the 15 feels like something that you maybe spike to, but don't always have on. Although if you've got two Arcane Enlightenment down and Vault of Knowledge, I keep wanting to call it Thrice Damned Curiosity, but it's the Vault. Then already you're at a hand size of 12, so you're not far off having 15 cards in hand. And we can see that he draws like a demon, so that's kind of nice. Particularly nice to have something down that's just giving you static boost. And I like that this is basically a riff on magnifying glass, isn't it? It's not fast, but it's as cheap as magnifying glass. And the difference being it can give you more of a boost, but you have to work for it. Next up is the Disc of Itzamna Protective Amulet. Level zero. Now we saw this in the card fan, but I don't know if we could see it in full. It's three cost, willpower icon, item and relic traded. Reaction, when a non-elite enemy spawns at your location, discard Disc of Examiner, automatically evade that enemy, or deal it two damage. Ah, okay, the level two one is just discard the enemy. Do they fear it because of what it will do to them, or do they fear it because of what it will do to you? It's um, accessory slot. One of the big questions about playing a Harvey Walters deck is can he boost his agility or combat and how does he deal with enemies more generally, which is what you'd be boosting for. This is pretty expensive at three cost and it's only going to give you a single evade or a damage. If there's a way of replaying this, that would be nice. By itself, it's not much of a solution, but I suppose I mean, if you can afford it, if you're a rich seeker, then fine. I think it's nice to see the level zero version. I could see it sneaking into decks as well, where you run the disc and you then run, say, I've got a plan, and you've got two options for dealing with enemies. But that's still, you're still only hoping to see four enemies and hoping that you've seen everything before then. I think this is a nice to have rather than a vital piece, but we'll see if there's more things that can riff off this. Next is Encyclopedia, the zero level version. Two cost, wild icon, item and tome, uses five secrets. Action, exhaust encyclopedia and spend a secret, choose an investigator at your location. That investigator gets plus two to a skill of your choice until the end of the phase. Okay, the level two version is just unlimited. This is a five secret version, takes up a hand slot. That's nice. Yeah, I can see that being still good. Pretty cool in multiplayer. I love being able to spit out boosts to other people. You might be using this for yourself if you're desperate to evade, even taking an attack of opportunity to make yourself agility four, maybe. That's always the issue with tomes and tome actions in solo, is having the time and the space to use those actions. 
yeah, that's cool. The Secrets is nice. The Secrets opens up to it playing with truth from fiction, other secret-related things, enraptured. Yeah. So we've seen two tomes so far, the fragments and encyclopedia. Next is Feed the Mind. Now, we've seen the XP version of this from a long time ago. This is the level zero version. It's three cost, intellect icon. It's a spell and takes the arcane slot, so competing with arcane enlightenment there. Uses three secrets. Action, exhaust, feed the mind, and spend one secret. Test intellect one. For each point you succeed by to a maximum of three, draw one card. Now, feed the mind level three is intellect zero, and you take horror if you go over your hand size. So this... You can The most you can draw in an action is three cards, and you're testing at a 5v1, basically. If you had Salino fragments down, you'd be a 6v1 if you had enough cards in hand. And that's pretty good for drawing two to three cards, and then you can use Harvey's ability and draw another card. So an action to draw four cards, pretty good. Yeah, it doesn't even have the penalty for overdrawing, which is nice. If you're just desperate to get lots of cards in hand for that final intellect boost on the fragments, you mash this and go for it. Pretty good. Yeah. It's another way of drawing, I guess, that's not sketches or laboratory assistant. So yeah, why not? Next is Forbidden Tome Untranslated. Oh my goodness, is there going to be a Seeker side quest in the Investigator Starter Deck? One cost asset, wild icon, item, relic, and tome, uses five secrets, takes up a hand slot. So this could be another thing that Arcane Enlightenment holds for you. Action, exhaust Forbidden Tome and spend one secret draw one card. Then, if you have 10 or more cards in your hand and there are no secrets on Forbidden Tome, you may discard it to record in your campaign log that you have translated the tome. Okay, so it exhausts, which means you're going to have to do this over five turns, and for the first four times it's just drawing you a card, but for the fifth time you spend the final secret, draw one card, and if you then have 10 or more cards in hand and there are no secrets on Forbidden Tome, you can record that you've translated it. So you're basically dipping into the tome, reading a bit, dipping in again, reading a bit more, dipping in again, reading a bit more. Drink, because I'm going to mention Harvey's ability, it's really action draw two cards for Harvey in the build-up to it. So this is a one-cost card that you're going to spend six actions on and draw 10 cards. In theory, if you draw no other cards, it should get you to the 10 or more cards in hand for the translation. It's a little bit under the curve for how many cards it's drawing you, but I can see why it's doing that. The challenge is just having the time, particularly exhausting, means it's gonna be really a slow burn. If you see this halfway through a scenario, you might just not have the time to dedicate to drawing all of the cards. You might have drawn everything you needed to see in your deck, and you're just overdrawing because you wanna translate the tome. Fair enough. I'm excited to see what that leads to though. And it's also a two of. Higher education, level zero, a zero cost asset with willpower and intellect icons. Is that meant to be Harvey with the uh, raven on his shoulder in the art? While you have five or more cards in hand, higher education gains. Spend a resource, you get plus one willpower. Spend a resource, you get plus one intellect. Wow, talk about a nerf. Talk about a downgrade for a card. It still has the five or more clause, but it's not the one resource for two boost. It's just a one for one. I think Harvey is always going to have the cards in hand to use it. It boosts the mental stats, which he's already pretty strong on, so he maybe doesn't need this, and you're spending an action to even get it into play. I think that's kind of a fair assessment of where higher ed should be, and I can see people wanting to buy Dunwich if they've played this deck, because they'll want higher education 3 or 8, depending on 
whether or not you taboo. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair enough. For me, it's like, oh, it's not going to boost his agility and get him away from enemies, but that seems to be the whole thrust of the deck doesn't care that much about it. Off the back of recording the Nathaniel first look, I was thinking, maybe Nathaniel and Harvey just aren't as well-rounded as Jacqueline, Winifred, and Stella. Maybe it's just like the Seeker and the Guardian will just be a bit more focused, because those classes have very focused identities, and us solo players are just going to suffer a little bit more because we'd like all of them to be a bit more rounded. Maybe it's nice that they just have a really very focused identity for this. Also worth noting, we've seen no reprints so far, and we saw six reprints in each of the Matt Newman designed designed packs. In Nathaniel, we only saw three, so half the amount. Are we going to see even three in the Harvey deck? Let's keep going and find out. Laboratory Assistant is the next card. That is our first reprint. Two-cost asset, intellect icon, ally, miskatonic, and science traded. Your maximum hand size is increased by two. So that's plus two, plus two for vault, plus two for both arcane enlightenments is six. So that's hand size of 14. Reaction after laboratory assistant enters play, draw two cards, which is three with Harvey's ability. One health, two sanity. Is this going to be Harvey's ally? It's just draw lots of cards. So yeah, a three-card draw for two is fine, and it gives you the hand size to back that up. Not a lot of soak, but that's fine. We saw this card in one of the card fans, so I'm not surprised it's here, and I've thought a little bit about how basically allowing it to draw you even more cards is no bad thing. So yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add. It's a two-off. Ooh, and we do have another ally, and this is one I should have remembered. This is Witten Green, Hunter of Rare Books. Now, this was announced, I think, by those... um, Mythosbusters boys, curse their name forever. Four cost asset, intellect item, ally and miskatonic traded. While you control a tome or relic asset, you get plus one intellect. Hmm, that's pretty nice. You're probably dropping a tome or a relic. If you're working your way through the forbidden tome, which is relic and tome traded, you're going to have it basically for the whole game. But also if you have Salino fragments down, that's another tome. Just a nice little static intellect boost, but also reaction after you reveal a location or put a new location into play, which is the same as Jake, right, in Ursula's deck, exhaust Witten Green, search the top six cards of your deck for a tome or relic asset and draw it. Shuffle your deck, which would be a draw and would give you another card draw. Two health, two sanity, and takes up the ally slot. So you've got a choice there with which ally you play. The laboratory assistant to just draw more cards and have hand size, or getting Witten down, hopefully you've got a Tome or Relic down, and you get the Intellect boost. Even if you don't have a Tome or Relic down, as you explore further, Witten's going to help you find a Tome or a Relic. Which is, I think that works really nicely, that she has a conditional static boost, but she helps you turn on that condition, or meet the condition for the turn on. Cool. And that is the end of Assets. We're on to events. Our first event is a new one. It looks amazing. Burning the Midnight Oil. It's a zero-cost event. It's intellect and agility iconed. Insight traded. Investigate. When this action begins, gain two resources. Okay, I see what they've done there. So we saw that in the Nathaniel deck, you've got a fight. When this action begins, gain two resources. And in the Winnie deck, you've got an evade. When this action begins, gain two resources. Really neat way of doing emergency cash for the specific actions. And it might be the sort of thing that you want. I think it's slightly more positive than having a separate card with no icons that gets you three resources. You just do the thing that you're good at 
investigating in this case, and also generate some economy. Flavour, you'll sleep when you're dead. Yeah, that's nice. I think, broadly speaking, I don't see too many people pack seeker decks with events that help them investigate, because they can just investigate using their intellect anyway. But I've also really been enjoying playing Crack the Case in Seeker, and that works in a fairly similar way to Burning the Midnight Oil, where you are anyway investigating and you use your investigating ability to then slingshot you into a position that you get economy as well. I probably wouldn't play Crack the Case on a two-shroud location though, and essentially this is the equivalent that you're paying a zero-cost event to investigate, but you're getting two resources out of it. You know, if I'm playing Burning the Midnight Oil to investigate a four-shroud location, I would rather just investigate normally and then crack that location to get double the resources than I would to play this card. So, yeah, it's a little bit below the curve compared to what other things we've seen. But I see where it fits in as a starter deck card. If you're new to the game, it's just really encouraging you to crack on and do the thing that you should be doing, which is investigate, and not stalling saying, oh, but I need some resources. It's like, no, 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 do the investigating, you'll get resources anyway. Fair enough. Next is Cryptic Writings. Now, this card was announced and is really cool. Zero cost event. Ah, no, I tell a lie. The XP version of Cryptic Writings was announced. This is a lower, lower zero XP version. So it's zero cost, two intellect icons, insight traded, gain two resources. So Basically a worse emergency cash. You're losing a resource but getting two intellect icons. However, it has a reaction ability. After you draw cryptic writings during your turn, play it. These are few as compared with those in languages I cannot understand. It's the many languages of Randolph Carter. So playing this is definitely below the curve as an action. But if you can draw into this during your turn with your many draw abilities, you get to play it without spending an action. So it's almost like hitting an astounding revelation in that regard, where you're hitting a card that just immediately passes through your hand and gets played. That's nice. It's the equivalent of astounding revelation, but for draw instead of search. So yeah, fair. (laughs) I like it, I think. I think it's the kind of thing if you're drawing clumps of cards, you could just zoom through this and just get the resources as you do it. And next is extensive research level zero, the downgrade from the one coster. Uh, the one XP here. This is now 12 cost. Comfortably the most expensive card in the game. Double intellect icons. Insight traded. Reduce the cost to play extensive research by one for each other card in your hand. Discover two clues at your location. Nothing in here either. How many do we have left? See the wall behind you. And it's Mandy and Min hitting the books. Pro team. So if you could drop this. If you have eight cards in hand, it's a four cost event. So it's the equivalent of playing an Intel report. Anything more than eight cards, I think, starts to become reasonable. But the dream is 12 cards in hand, right? 12 cards in hand plus something else, and then you extensive research. So there's something we're seeing there that just having a lot of cards in hand does give you a discount. But unfortunately, the thing it helps you do is something that you already have a high intellect and can do anyway. Maybe you like this because a location has had a door on it, a locked door, and you don't have the agility or combat to get in. You just bust through with the extensive research. Maybe you have it because you're actually not worrying about your resources too much and you've got, say, seven or eight cards in hand and you're just happy to pay four and buy two and not take the tests. Maybe also the big hand thing at higher difficulties becomes a thing in and of itself. I'm going to draw a lot of cards and it's going to get me clues for free without tests. Maybe. I can see that too. 
So it's cool to see the level zero version in there. And imagine the surprise on a new player's face when they see extensive research just in their hand. Next is Occult Invocation. It looks insane. Harvey looking like he's dropping one. Two cost event, combat and intellect icons. It's not insight traded. This is the fourth ever seeker event that's not insight traded. It's spell traded, which opens up all sorts of other investigators who might want to take it, which I won't mention now. As an additional cost to play a cult invocation, discard up to two cards from your hand. Well, you have all the cards in hand, so you're chucking them. Fight. This attack uses intellect instead of combat. You get plus one intellect and deal plus one damage for this attack for each card discarded as part of this card's cost. Oh, okay. It's discard up to two cards from your hand. So you could discard no cards and fight and just have a basic using your intellect instead of your combat for one damage. Or you can discard two cards, you get plus two intellect and do three damage. A two cost event for three damage, three health enemy solution. I love it. What a card. I'm super hyped by it. The art is amazing. It's Harvey still in his suit, but doing the ritual. That's really cool. That's really good. And can Diana, she can host it, right? Diana Esperance. Who can take level zero mystic and level... Go on, Luke. Take it. Take it, Luke. Yeah. Cool. What a fun solution. It's like halfway house between Mind Over Matter and I've Got a Plan for Mystics. Uh, For Seekers, rather. Getting excited about Mystics because it says spell. Right, moving on. Preposterous Sketches, our second reprint. Well, we're doing well. We're halfway through the deck with only two reprints. Two cost event. Intellect and willpower icons, insight traded, play only if there's a clue in your location, draw three cards or four if you're Harvey. Yeah, I've mentioned this already in talking about the power of Harvey and his draw abilities. You can just use an action to draw as Harvey and then you get another card as well, but what, what a better thing to do is to compress those actions into something like preposterous sketches. And way back when, Peter and I talked about the fact that you're trading two resources in a card for three cards, And that doesn't seem like a great trade-off, but if you have lots of resources and not many cards, that is a good trade-off. And if you can use those cards in your hand for more than you could use the resources, that's very strong too. But Harvey makes the trade even more efficient because he's trading two resources and a card for four cards. I'm excited about that. Four cards. Half your hand size. Super good. Go fishing for answers. And here's Deduction, also a reprint. So we've seen Vicious Blow and Deduction in the Guardian and Seeker starter decks. And we know how Deduction works. It's get another clue. Gives you that little bit of clue efficiency as you're investigating. It's a nice card. Harvey doesn't need the boost, but yeah, he'll take it anyway. Cool to see that there. I guess if you're buying a starter deck and a core set, you've now doubled up on Vicious Blows and Deductions and you're feeling pleased. And next... Ah, we are at XP. I I didn't see the XP pip for a moment. I thought, what? This, we're back to assets. We're at Library Docent, a one-cost, one-XP asset, intellect and agility icons, ally and miskatonic traded, one health, two sanity, ally slot. Reaction. After Library Docent enters play, return a tome asset you control to its owner's hand. Play a different tome asset by title from your hand, reducing its cost by two. So you play the docent, you've already got something out, just reminding myself quickly of the tomes that we have a choice of. It could be the Forbidden Tome, could be the Encyclopedia, it's run out of charges, or it could be the Salino Fragments, 
So maybe you've either run out of charges on the encyclopedia or you've run you've finished um decoding the forbidden tome. I know you have to discard the forbidden tome when it's run out of secrets. But anyway, you can then put down the Salino fragments or something else at a reduced cost. That's alright for a body. I like that you get a chance to sort of reload the encyclopedia if that's what you really need to do, if you're relying on the encyclopedia to do things. I think this would be particularly strong if you start including things like Old Book of Law 3, so you can pull that back to hand, reload the secrets on it. And in fact, if you were including other tomes like Esoteric Atlas or Otherworld Codex, it gives you the reload on those as well. I like maybe you would transition from moving around a load with Esoteric Atlas to suddenly actually what we really need is an Otherworld Codex here to start dealing with some of these horrible treacheries that are sticking around or enemies or whatever else that is. That little tome bounce is kind of nice. You could even do something cheeky and get the Occult Lexicon into play for, for two, uh, for free rather, because it's reducing its cost by two. Okay, that's, yeah, that's pretty nice. When you don't have a tome in play, <laughs> that's a little bit worse because you don't want to pay one for the library docent, not get to play a different tome because you, everything before, the, the colon is after hand. So after library docent enters play, return a tome asset you control to its owner's hand, colon. So that's cost. So you have to do all of that to allow you to play a different tome for two. Yeah, having the tome to bounce means you get to reset tomes as well as playing a body. That's that's nice for 1 XP. Next is Glimpse the Unthinkable, level 1. This is zero cost, double intellect icons. I'm pretty sure level 5 has triple intellect. Draw one card, shuffle any number of non-weakness cards from your hand into your deck, then draw that many cards. Ignorance is a bliss you cannot afford. Now, I got really confused with Think the Unglimpsable before because I got confused about Discard Pile. There's nothing to do with Discard Pile here. You've got a hand of eight cards, you draw up, you play Glimpse, so you're down to seven cards, you draw up to eight cards, you trigger Harvey's ability and draw to nine, if you were really desperate, or probably you're doing it later, and then you pick, oh, I don't need six of these cards, so you shuffle six in and draw six more. So your hand stays at the same size, but it just gives you a hand reset. It might be that there are no clues, so things like deductions are just useless, and what you really want is, got to remember its name, occult invocation and so you're willing to basically sack off your hand to search for what you need i think the other thing is that the shuffle happens as well before you draw so you could potentially redraw the exact same hand but the bigger your hand is the higher the chance is this accurate and pausing as a set what i was going to say is the bigger your hand is the greater the chance of seeing what you need from your deck because you get to search more cards but you search more cards from a larger search area if I only have one card in hand, I shuffle it back in and I get to draw one card. If I have 10 cards in hand, I shuffle all 10 back in. So the searched area is nine bigger, but I get to draw 10 items from the deck that's now, say... So if I have a deck that is 10 cards left and I put two back in, it's drawing two from 12 or drawing 10 from 20. No, it is better. It is better. Okay, the maths, the maths convinces me there. I'm drawing 50% of my deck if I shuffle 10 cards back into a 10-card deck and draw 10. If I only shuffle two cards back into a 10-card deck, I draw two of 12 cards, which is a much smaller proportion of the deck. So yes, that is a lot stronger the more cards you have and empowers you to essentially rejig your hand to be something else completely bonkers. Maybe you've not seen your cryptic writings yet, so you glimpse yourself and just 
draw a chunk of things and generate loads of resources and yeah okay cool i got there in the end it was actually doing the numbers that that helped me work it out esoteric atlas level two is the next card that is awesome okay esoteric atlas normally is a level one card so here we have three cost two xp intellect no willpower and agility icons item and tome uses four secrets so it could have run out of secrets and been reset by the docent. Action, spend one secret. Choose a revealed location up to three connections away from your location. Move to that location. Important, up to three. So it could be one, one connection or two connections away. The Esoteric Atlas level one, it has to be exactly two connections away. So this gives you much more freedom. And you're spending an action to move three locations at a time. Cool. I like that. That's that's funky. Three cost, pretty pricey, but if you can get it into play with the docent for one, that's really nice. It's a card that Witten could help you find as well if you're running Witten Green. It's nice. And next is Witten Green leveled up version. Speak of the devil. She's still a hunter of rare books. She's still got willpower and intellect icons. She's four cost with two XP now. Ally and Miskatonic. While you control a tome or relic asset, you get plus one willpower and plus one intellect. After you reveal a location or put a new location into play, exhaust switch and green, search the top nine cards of your deck for a tome or relic asset and draw it. Shuffle your deck. Two health, three sanity. So she's gone up by one sanity. Takes up the ally slot. We see a pattern here with Greta Wagner, right? The two Jeremy's Vern cards that give you one boost at level zero and go up to giving you two boosts. And then also with the boxing gloves and this, they give you a search six for some condition at level zero. And at the higher level, it's a search nine. I like this a lot. I think tomes in Harvey seem like they're just aids to do things. They're not the be-all and end-all of his deck, but you could lean into a tome style with him to do something cool. But <laughs> I have to say this, like this is an insane daisy card, right? It gives her more willpower because she might be using spells. It gives her more intellect, that's fine. It helps her find tomes that she can then use her tome ability on. Yeah, I gotta do it, sorry broken my rule named someone else yeah nice two xp for double stat boosts for four cost funky and next is cryptic writings level two i thought i knew about this so this is now intellect and wild icons it's zero cost still two xp insight traded gain three resources four resources instead if you have 10 or more other cards in hand other cards importantly so it's Emergency cash, but could be better than emergency cash if you've got lots of cards. And after you draw cryptic writings during your turn, play it. So it has that ability as well. So the ideal here is that you draw a bunch of cards during your turn. One of them is cryptic writings, which means you get to play it straight away. And you've got 10 other cards in hand because you're Harvey and you have loads of cards. Maybe you've got Vault of Knowledge down, so you've got a hand size of 10 anyway. And then this immediately is four resources competitive yeah that's really nice i like that uh, yeah i just think it's a cool card it's funky uh, it encourages you to do what you're doing drawing cards from your deck it rewards you for doing that it rewards you if you've done drawing before that point because you've got lots of cards in hand like what's not to like about it it's even got icons so if you end up drawing this out of your turn and you don't want to play it for the resources you can commit it for plus two to intellect based tests or plus one to anything else because it's got a wild funky I've got a plan, level two. Hey, and we know that we're seeing Mind, of matter, mind Over Matter as well. That's cool, the upgraded versions of enemy management for this deck. 
This is now two cost instead of three. It's double intellect and a combat icon. Insight and tactic traded. Fight. This attack uses intellect instead of combat. You get plus two intellect for this test. Oh, that's a nice little boost. You deal plus one damage for this attack for each clue you have. Max plus three damage. That's the worst plan I've ever heard. Well, what are we waiting for? Because you've stuck a door handle into a plug socket. So what's different? The difference is that you get the plus two intellect baked in. The damage is the same. If I have one clue, I do two damage. Maximum damage is plus three, so maximum of four damage for the hit. That's the same. So it's gained an icon, it's gone down one in cost, and it's got a baked in plus two. I like that it's only cost two now. That seems reasonable. Three cost for four damage was always a bit frustrating to be able to afford. I think being able to afford a two cost event more generally in solo feels manageable in the way that three cost could be a real dent. And having the baked in boost I think is good because I think this could sneak into other people then as well. Ursula or Minsei, sorry, drink, because they only have intellect four. So going up to six straight away is really nice. Yeah. I think this is, it's a weird one to think about in isolation because we already know what the zero XP version is like, but that's not in this deck. So if you're playing just this Harvey deck, you might be really hurting for XP options. And in fact, at level zero, you're desperate for something like this. And maybe in solo, this is what you upgrade into straight away to protect you a bit more. And next is the Mind Over Matter upgrade. Frustratingly, Mind Over Matter in the core set has a lowercase o for over. And Mind Over Matter in the Investigator Starter deck has a capital O. Really grinds my gears, that kind of detail. And it also irritates me that I even notice something like that. But there we go. This is a one-cost event. It's two XP. Combat, agility, and wild icon. So it's gained a wild. Insight traded. Fast. Play during your turn. Until the end of the round, add your intellect to your combat and agility. Draw one card. It replaces itself, first of all. That is awesome. Harvey triggers his ability and draws two cards for playing this. Also awesome. But also, it doesn't allow you to use your intellect in place of your combat or agility, which I think would be lovely anyway, by the way. Five for one or five for two is like minimum a plus three boost. But instead, it's giving you a plus five boost to your physical stats for the turn. Well, till the end of the round, in fact. So even if you have things that are like taking a test in the enemy phase or at the upkeep or something, were that thing to exist, you get the boost until the end of the round. Really nice, really cool. I mean, I know we saw this card announced, but I think it's a really, really impressive upgrade to what's already a pretty strong and sometimes overlooked card. I mean, one of my favorite cards in solo as well, such a panic button card. And do you remember in playing as Norman, loving switching to intellect instead of combat or agility? It also rewards you for boosting your intellect as Harvey for other things. You might not feel you need to boost your intellect for investigating, but you might end up with a Salino Fragments and be at six and then have Wit and Green down and be at seven. And you're like, yeah, I've got seven intellect. I never need to boost to investigate. But what that also means is that you have combat eight and agility nine at the panic moments when you really need boosts for them. Because I think it's worth noting as well, you're adding your intellect to your combat or agility for the turn, which means that you're not testing intellect for those tests. You're still testing combat or agility. So you might not have a deck packed with combat and agility icons, at which point adding your intellect, you want to add a really decent amount so you don't need to boost. If I'm fighting at an eight or evading at a nine, I'm probably feeling pretty good about it. And then maybe I'm not worrying too much about if I can boost as well. Yeah, super nice. And next is Seeking Answers level two. There's a little surprise. 
one cost event, intellect and two agility icons now. Insight traded, investigate. If you succeed, discover two total clues from among your location and connecting locations. Some people need to know the truth at any cost. Some truths can cut like knives. I like that. That is really nice. That's reminding me of look what I found level two from the Stella deck. Particularly, I like it in solo because I don't care so much about getting two clues in one location, but I really like getting a clue where I am and a clue somewhere else and scooping them up. It's saving the action to move there, the action to move back. It's compressing all of that. That's cool. Yeah, that's a really nice little cheeky upgrade for sure. I don't think it's the the card I'm like, oh, I'm definitely putting that in the first 4 XP I get, but I think that's really nice. Nice little efficiency baked in there. And of course, it's worth noting you can investigate you investigate your location when you trigger this. So you can be at a low shroud location and investigate a high shroud location or a location that cannot be investigated because you're just discovering clues. Next up is Perception Level 2, continuing the theme as we know it. It's turned into a Seeker card. It's a Seeker skill with triple intellect icons, max one per test. If this test is successful, draw a card. Two cards instead if it succeeds by two or more. At last, I found it. Now this is intriguing to me where Guts, Manual Dexterity and Overpower were not too intriguing because this is a card that you're committing and if you can succeed by two or more, you're drawing three cards with Harvey's ability. So this is a card baked into an Investigate test or some other test that's drawing you three cards, replacing itself and another two cards for level two. That's really good and for zero cost as well for doing what you're already doing. You're already getting a clue or you're already passing a mind over matter test or whatever it is. Or not a mind over matter 2 test though, worth noting. But it's already feeding into what your core strategy is and it's drawing you loads of cards. So you're not losing the action in the way that you would lose the action and the resources to play preposterous sketches. So that's really powerful. Really powerful. And quite scary how good that is. Imagine that with Practice Makes Perfect. Just go and fetch up the perception, draw two cards with it for passing the test, and then it goes back to your hand, and then you play it again and draw another... Oh, disgusting. The upgraded Forbidden Tome is next. Yes! Cool! Forbidden Tome Dark Knowledge is the first one. One cost, three XP, willpower, combat, and wild icons. Item, relic, and tone. You can only include this asset in your deck by upgrading it from Forbidden Tome untranslated and only if you've translated the tome in your campaign log. Fair enough. I've got to say, I love that they put an untranslated in the starter deck. What a treat. It's so seeker It's the seeker, like, it's one of their identities, their weird side quests. So good. Okay, sorry. Also, quadruple action. Exhaust Forbidden Tome. Move one damage from a player card at your location to an enemy at your location. Reduce this ability's cost by one action for every four cards in your hand. Ah! So a minimum of a single action takes up a hand slot. (laughs) So if you have three cards in hand, you can't reduce this by any actions. And so unless you have a way of gaining extra actions, you have no way of triggering this ability. If you have four cards in hand, for a triple action, you can move one damage from a player card at your location to an enemy at your location. So it's just one damage for three actions. If you have 12 cards in hand, you can drop the cost by three actions, and for a single action, move one damage from a player card at your location to an enemy at your location. Reduce this card's ability. It's still only one damage for an action. (laughs) 
It's just a single action to move one damage. You're healing yourself, so it's not it's not simply dealing a damage. You are healing yourself one and giving them one, but it doesn't avoid attacks of opportunity, so you still get hit for doing it. And I guess you can even do it where if you've taken no damage, you trigger this ability, take a hit, and the damage goes on you and you immediately pass it back to the enemy. You sort of reflect it for an action, but that's sort of treading water, and it exhausts, so you can only do that once. So this is sort of an option if you have 12 cards in hand for killing one health enemies. I guess it's an option for finishing off enemies if you haven't been able to do enough damage otherwise. It also says, like, I think this isn't efficient unless you've got 12 cards in hand. So this says you've got to make sure you've got 12 cards in hand if you want to start triggering this. That's my immediate lukewarm take. Okay, there are two of those, the Dark Knowledge Forbidden Tome, and there is another one, though, Forbidden Tome Secrets Revealed. Still one cost, still three XP. This one has intellect and agility icons and a wild icon. So the other one had willpower and combat. Secrets revealed. This the same paragraph about only including it if you've translated the tome. It's also a quadruple action. Exhaust forbidden tome. You may move to a connecting location. Discover one clue at your location. Reduce this ability's cost by one action for every four cards in your hand. So this one is action. You may move and then you get a clue. You probably want to make it worthwhile, clue and move, uh, move and clue. And again, I suppose if you have eight cards in hand, double action gives you a move and a clue, which would be the same as if you just moved and clued. So it'll be a bit ahead of the curve. You want it to be, you want 12 cards in hand, for sure. If you have 12 cards in hand and you have secrets revealed and dark knowledge, you could have both out. You could do action, move clue pretty nice just all like baked into one then there's an enemy action put a damage on them then another action move away and discover a clue whatever it is these are funky they're really strange they don't seem super powerful straight away they seem quite action intensive they definitely throw down the gauntlet of how many cards can you have in hand but yeah they're also like challenge cards kind of cool i guess also as i've sort of pointed out before with extensive research it's still Tesla's. That can't be sniffed at. There might be times where the penalty for investigating is quite steep and you just need to discover a clue. Also cool about Secrets Revealed is that you could trigger this ability when you're not engaged with an enemy, move to a location, the enemy engages you, and then you get the clue there. The cost of this is quadruple action and exhausting, and everything afterwards is effect, so it wouldn't trigger attacks of opportunity. That's really nice if, say, you just want one more clue to be able to do and I've got a plan that you get the clue at the location you need to be and that's kind of compressed. I definitely think the way to think about these cards is can you get them as single actions? I think that's the way forwards. Is there another one? No, there isn't. There's two of that. Next is Farsight. Wow, an amazing crow. Oh, of course, it's Pavel Kolomiets smashing it. Two cost, four XP asset, willpower and wild icons. Ritual traded takes up the arcane slot. So we've seen three different cards that compete for that arcane slot. Free trigger during your turn. If you have eight or more cards in your hand, exhaust farsight. Play an event from your hand, paying its cost. Yes, yes. Beyond all points in time, beyond all angles of space, beyond the curves of reality. So if you have farsight, you're getting a free action every turn to play an event as long as you can stay at eight or more cards in hand. So that event could be just a cheeky one-cost-seeking answers. You don't want to do it on Mind Over Matter because it's fast already. It could be on I've Got a Plan. It could be on Occult Incantation, was it called? 
It could be on your cryptic writings that you've drawn out of your turn and you don't want to spend an action playing. Could be on Glimpse the Unthinkable. Could be on Sketches, right? Just play Sketches. Occult Invocation, it's called, yeah. You just need to stay at eight cards in hand. You're probably staying anyway higher than that. But if you're at eight cards in hand, free trigger. And also for this one, it's worth noting, during your turn, if you have eight or more cards in your hand, you exhaust Farsight. That's the cost. So you could be at your hand size of eight without any hand size boosters and still be able to trigger Farsight. That's really nice. Imagine you've just picked up this deck and you play the first scenario. You make eight XP, say, (laughs) conveniently. And the whole game, you've been discarding cards because you have so many cards in hand and you looped your deck twice. You're like, what's the point in this? And then you see Farsight. You're like, oh, I get enough actions to play all of those cards that I was shedding. Super good. That's Farsight. I think we're at the last card now, and I think it's one that was announced. No, we're not. There's two one-offs here. Ah, exciting. So first one-off is the Miskatonic Archaeology funding. Null costed 4 XP, permanent, limit one per deck. It's grant-traded. You have two additional ally slots, which can only be used to hold Miskatonic assets. We saw the Docent, the Laboratory Assistant, and Witten Green. All of them... A Miskatonic traded. So you could develop into having six Miskatonic allies in your deck just from this starter deck. Forced, when you take damage or horror, no more than one of that damage and or horror can be assigned to a Miskatonic asset. So if you fail a Rotting Remains or a Grasping Hands and take th- you tentacle it, you take three, no more than one can be assigned to a ma- Is that no more than one can be assigned to each Miskatonic? Or is that max one across all Miskatonics? I think it's it's max one. I'm taking three damage. No more than one of that damage can be assigned to a Miskatonic asset. That's worth bearing in mind that you can't use them as the little meat shields anymore. But yeah, so this is a four-cost charisma, but it's charisma with a condition, and the condition is it's giving you two slots rather than one, but they have to be Miskatonic treated. Pretty cool, I'd say. I like that. It's nice that it's permanent as well, and... Academic Army is a thing I've played a bunch of times already, and this is just even nicer for that. I think I'd prefer the archaeology funding over a charisma for it. There's some other Miskatonic traded allies that aren't in this deck that would work really well. And there's some other investigators that could have a lot of fun with Academic Army that aren't Harvey, but I'm not going to name them. We'll save that for another time. And the final card was also announced to us. It is limit one per deck, which is why it's a one-off. It's the Necronomicon. Petrus de Dacia translation, Peter of Dacia. Three cost, five XP. Just the cool five intellect icons on the side there, just in case you were short on intellect icons. Item and tome traded, so Witten can find it for you. She'll give you a boost if you have it in play. The docent can bounce it to your hand or play it for one if you have another tome. I think those are all of the tome-related shenanigans here. Oh, the, uh, Arcane Enlightenment can... Slot give you the slot for it if your hands are full. Uses six secrets, limit one per deck, free trigger, spend a secret, you get plus two skill value for this skill test. Free trigger, spend two secrets, so you can do this three times, draw two cards. Free trigger, spend three secrets, discover one clue at any location. Free trigger, spend four secrets, deal three damage to an enemy engaged with you. Now, I heard chatter already about this card being insane. And I think it's around sleight of hand, because it's a one-cost item. You can slight this in for one, 
blitz the secrets, it doesn't exhaust for any of those abilities. So you could slide it in for one and draw six cards, or slide it in for one, deal three damage to an enemy and draw two cards, or slide it in for one and discover two clues, and then go again. For me, it's just an amazing truth from fiction target, <laughs> of course. Paying two to put a bunch, bunch more secrets on this and make it powerful is really good. You could have a secrets-based deck that just makes this card really funky. It could encourage you to run Research Librarian to fetch it because it's a one-of in your deck. And once it's down, it gives you so much flexibility. And everyone knows Frank loves flexibility. So yeah, that I love that there's so many options on there. I love that it's a three health enemy solution if you really need it. The challenge will just be like holding off on the secrets. And you can even use it as a sort of panic evade at four or, you know, evade at six. Or you just hit a test that you really can't pass and you dump a load of secrets into passing by giving yourself plus eight. That's possible as well. All of the options it offers there, the one, two, three, and four secrets are cool. And yeah, it's just, it's like seek a playground card. What do you want to do? The five intellect icons is just like, this is a strong card, by the way, if you weren't sure. This could have zero intellect icons on it and it would still be insane. It's like, because it's the starter deck, it's like, by the way, this card is really good. Just if you weren't sure. Yeah, powerful. And there ends the five first looks of the Investigator starter decks. I have loved doing this. I hope there's something that you have been stimulated by and enjoyed. I hope there's something that's got you excited about these decks. I hope that maybe you're going to get a chance to play them just the deck themselves without integrating any of the cards to your player pool. Or if you're not getting them, I hope it's given you a chance to think about them and either you've gone, yep, yeah, I'm happy not buying them, or wonder if that's going to show up on the recording. Or maybe you're thinking, oh, actually, I'm changing my mind about the Stellar deck or whatever else it is. I'm kind of intrigued. Whatever it is, I really hope that it's landed well with you and that you're enjoying this game as much as I am. You can get in touch with me about anything you'd like to share about Arkham Horror. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com, drawn to the flame on Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, and Designed by Humans. Have a lovely day. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>